Blog Talk Radio. live and heard around the world you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet it's the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts eric balkman and dave gerzak the high stakes fantasy football hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world and now because no one else was available here are eric balkman and dave gerzak Thank you for that powerful introduction, Rob. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special Black History Month, Valentine's Day, Friday the 13th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Papa John Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Bose noise-canceling headphones. Turn down the world around you and choose the acoustic noise-canceling headphones that best fit your needs at Bose.com. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzakonatics listening in the chat room and around the world. I'm your host, the slightly above average Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, the original Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. He's back in studio once again this week, and coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk about a fast-rising potential first-round pick wide receiver. Uh, I don't want to give it away. And uh, we're going to take a look back at how the running backs finished in 2014. Plus, we continue with Black History Month on the show as the producer of the SiriusXM Roto Experts in the Morning Show, uh, Corey Parson, is going to drop by to hang out. Corey played in the Pros versus Joes competition this past summer and has actually been on the show, albeit briefly, before. We'll talk to him about Carlos Hyde, Michael Floyd, and, of course, racial profiling. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, it's I a, actually, I have some sort questions. of the big three of fantasy football, Dave. Carlos Hyde, Michael Floyd, and racial profile. I have a couple of black people questions that I want to get to. Good, because we should be asking those. Well, I mean, you know, I when I'm at the grocery store, if I see, you know, here in Appleton, 98% white people. If I, I see, don't know how official yeah, that is. That's pretty damn close. There's a lot of Asians and Hispanics up here, yes, too. that's right. That, whatever, that's fine. But if I see a black person in the grocery store, right. I don't want to just walk up and say, hey, what about this? You know, I, right. I don't feel comfortable doing that. You know who would? Premium user. Yeah, you know, Nick, totally would, Nick would do that. Uh, by the way, happy early Valentine's Day to you. Did you get your wife a gift yet? Uh, we got ourselves a new Oh, that's right. You got the phones, sixes. iPhone 6s, which yeah. I always thought you had already. I don't know why I assumed that. But. I, I didn't really care about upgrading, but so she brought it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Let's do it. Yeah. And you did it. Yeah, got yeah. knocked out. You know what I got? Uh, no, tell me. Yeah, you know what? I, I always someone yeah. ask me a question that I'm so self-centered that it's I forget to ask. I'm the same way. You know what I got for Valentine's Day? Well, tell me. What did you get? big pile of nothing it's tomorrow you know yeah i know but i'm not gonna get it i'm not gonna i'm I'm gonna be under the heart no it's i I have to get up early tomorrow morning and um obviously there's some well there's some ffpc stuff that needs to be done we have we have an announcement by the way coming up just just a couple of minutes here on the show um but then i got a shovel because i know it's snowing out and then i'm driving to milwaukee to help my brother move who got you got married a couple of weeks ago it's not gonna it's not i mean he's he first of all his why don't you send him 80 bucks his apartment it's not i don't even think it would be that much his apartment is slightly smaller than the papa john studio (laughs) here so it's not he doesn't have a lot of stuff there 
and he's giving me some of it, like some glassware and some tables and stuff that I'm going to bring back for my basement, which is sorely needing. All right. So, uh, yeah. You, know, you could go to TJ Maxx, spend $18 on the glassware, send him 50 and save yourself the, the time and trouble. Well, we're going to get lunch and drinks. And, All right. Well, that's yeah. Fine. So uh, anyway, so we have a, a very exciting announcement at the top of the show tonight, Dave. Uh, would you like to reveal it since you are more sure. finger on the pulse than I am on yeah. this? Satellite leagues are now live. Satellite League's now live for the Fantasy Football Players Championship 2015 season. That is huge. And really, I'm really happy all the rookies are in there. That's well, a, okay, a so, huge deal to you me. See, I want to ask you about this. So, okay, so you, I, I heard this. You know, I mean, oh, you we don't got, think it's a big no, deal. No, we, we got all the rookies in there. Like, So what did you put? A list together of like, what, 30, 40 rookies, something like that? There's probably 110. 110 rookies in there. Yeah, well, some of these guys. None of them with the last name placeholder. That's right. No placeholders. Yeah. The problem is, you know, when we used to do these placeholder drafts, and they'd be like, you know, get an email. Oh, I want to draft this guy. It's like, well, you put in, you know, just pick some sucky guy. So then, like, someone has to keep a list, or I have to keep a list, and then you have to go in and manually You're, change it. And then there's always no, no. screw ups. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I drafted Odell Beckham in right. the 18th round back in August, and yeah. I have to put him on this guy's team and, and hope no one else emails like pissed off. Yeah. And then what? And then here's what happens: you keep track of the list, and then you'll give me half of those leagues, and like. Hey, Balky, can you switch these? Yeah. And then I'll go downstairs in my basement with no end tables, by the way. And I'll get down there and I'll throw on Walking Dead. And then I have to like input, you know, all those. And then that's my night. Now, you know, I think you and I might be more excited about this than the players. And the players should be really excited about it. But well, it's cool. If you want to draft Todd Gurley, you can actually draft Todd Gurley. You want to yes. draft Melvin Gordon, Mari Cooper, draft him. Main event registration. Um, it's technically, I think it is open right now. I mean, it's okay. not, we haven't made a big announcement about it, but it is, it's now live. What, what, what about the prize structure? When's that going to be announced? Uh, next week. It's, okay. go, it's going up a little bit. Price is going up very, you know, very slightly, and we're keeping our cap the same. So Okay, there you go. Uh, so I want to thank Roto World for uh, tonight's rundown, Dave. Uh, they do fine work over there at Roto World. And kicking, they sure do. Yeah, and kicking things off tonight. <laughs> Vikings chief uh, operating officer, is that the COO? Is that what its COO stands for? Chief Operating Officer? Yeah. Okay, Vikings. I don't know many of NFL teams that have a COO. Vikings coup. That talks to Kevin people. Warren uh, said today, or excuse me, yesterday, that uh, the Vikings would welcome back Adrian Peterson, quote, with open arms once he's reinstated by the NFL. This is from Ben Gosling on Twitter. Just for a supporter. Kevin, yes. Kevin Warren actually was uh, rumored to be not so much in Adrian Peterson's camp uh, when he uh, could have been reinstated during the 2014 season, but he saw him in court, gave him a hug, said he's a member of the Vikings family. He is going to be at his uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Canton and hopes to win multiple Super, Super Bowls with Adrian Peterson. Oh, come on now. So if I can kind of get into the Dave Gerzak crystal ball here, the dizzle ball, if you will, what do you, um, what do you think? Uh, is Peterson a Viking next year? I mean, is he the starting tailback? Let's start it this way. Is he the starting tailback week one for the Minnesota Vikings? You know, just based, you know, it's funny. You don't want to overreact to news and what this guy's saying. I mean, right. it sounds like that. It sounds like it. I mean, they may want to renegotiate his contract a little bit because his cap number is so big. But if they can get that knocked out, I think this could be a little bit of a PR move where they're like trying to put it out there. Look, AP, we really want you back. Right. Um, so in a way, this is a way to set them up to be good guys, because if. Now, if it comes out like next week that they want to restructure AP's contract, AP's not willing to do that, then they may have to be like, well, it's not going to work out. We really wanted to have him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they can say that and still come out looking okay. 
And um, I just I don't think they want I, that's too much money to pay a running back in this in this NFL. If you own Adrian Peterson in a dynasty league right now, when is his value going to be highest? When is the proper time to trade think, him if you're looking to move? If him? you're trying to move him, I would especially if you're looking at possibly rebuilding, I would wait until the, the news is more clear because it's the only it's only going to get better. He's going to get unsuspended, so that's better. You're going to find out what team he's playing for. He's almost assuredly going to start this year somewhere. I can't see him sitting out the year, getting hurt before you can trade him or having him become a backup. That's just not happening. So maybe he signs with Dallas, which has been rumored a lot. That would be a massive thing for him. You know, that, that's when you really want to trade him at that point. Or even if he signs back with the Vikings and they're like, all right, AP is back. Or if they at least say, well, we're paying him his contract, then, you, then you're good. Then you get rid of him. Is, I mean, if you own, if you don't own Jarek McKinnon, are you sending some offers to try to acquire him right now? You know, actually, I would wait on trying to acquire McKinnon, too, if you wanted him, um, because in, in, if you, especially if you think the Vikings are going to try and keep AP because McKinnon's value is only going to drop. But he could, it could be dropping now. You might want to send a few feelers out there. Interesting. Okay. So that's what you do uh, if you're the Dizzle. With, hey, don't you own Jerick McKinnon in Carrington? Yeah. Are no. you trying to trade him? No, I'm just saying. Oh, that sucks because I need running backs. Um, Van, uh, Vaughn McClure from uh, ESPN.com. Uh, he's the Falcons reporter. Says Steven Jackson likely going to be released this year. It's a $3.75 million cap savings if the Falcons release him. He does turn 32 in July. Not the greatest fit under the new zone blocking scheme that uh, offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan is going to be installing. He signed with the Atlanta Falcons in the 2013 offseason. Averaged 3.6 yards per carry. 13 touchdowns in 27 games. Had uh, obviously a myriad of soft tissue injuries uh, throughout those two seasons as well. Uh, Devontae Freeman, the only, you know, I, I mean, I guess you could make the case for Anton Smith as being, you know, part of that backfield as well. But you got to believe that Atlanta with with this big crop of really good rookie running backs, they're going to be looking at drafting a, a, a franchise type running back in this draft. I would think so. I mean, whether it's in round one, two or three, but they really should. I mean, because it's a deep draft. It's, it's strong. They say it's strong at the top. And they say it's deep, so yeah, this is the time to get them. Maybe Jay Ajayi, uh, is that how you pronounce it? Jay Ajayi? I don't know. Okay, anyway, maybe him in the early second. Don't the Falcons pick pretty high? Ayahi. Ayahi? Ayahi. He's Asian. No, he's not, is he? <laughs> no. I didn't think he was. Um, That's not Ayahi. What, what, I mean, the Falcons, I think, pick pretty high in the draft. Yeah, I would think that, was relatively crappy. That, that if he was there in, in, in the early second round, that'd be a, a prime landing spot for Atlanta, yeah. you know, uh, to, to get him there. So sure. we'll have to see what happens there. But Steven Jackson, probably fantasy wise, his career is done. I mean, he should, really, I mean, you know, he had a great career, hang it up, hopefully, save some money, yeah. move on to the next phase of your life. ESPN, Jeff Legwald. Warren Sapp's job is available. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. You know, what if, I mean, honestly, wouldn't that be hilarious? Like if uh, somebody asked him like, well, S Jax, you know, what are you doing? Like, well, I was going to play another year, but this, there's a swank job that's now open <laughs> at the Rich, NFL network. Rich Eisen just texted me. But they need a, a guy from the U so they can do that stupid, you know, it oh, thing gosh. with Michael Irvin. So they'd, ha they'd have to get some sort of Miami uh, guy who's out there. I don't know who that would be. Plenty of them. They have to be well spoken. That's Ed Reed. That's a problem. Maybe Ed Reed. Yeah, he's you right. don't have to be well spoken to be on TV. Emmett Smith is the prime example of that. Uh, if you, have, by the way, listeners, if you've never been to Walter Football to check out the Emmett Smith, that's yeah, great stuff. It is. It's just outstanding. ESPN's Jeff Legwald says that uh, Julius Thomas has made it clear to the Broncos that he wants to be among the league's highest-paid tight ends, according to ESPN.com. 
Obviously, uh, he's played four seasons in the NFL. Three of them have been pretty injury-marred. Uh, the Broncos obviously get a new head coach in Gary Kubiak, probably going to be installing more of a run-based attack, um, you know, transitioning from Peyton Manning, you know, in the twilight of his career. Uh, kind of like the second half of the season. Right, exactly. Uh, after, Especially after the thigh issue or whatever Manning had. Uh, so it sounds like somebody's going to overpay and get Julius Thomas. I'm looking at you, Oakland Raiders. Um, and uh, Thomas could be asking for something like four years, $40 million, very similar to the same contract that Jimmy Graham got from the New Orleans Saints. So uh, let's take a look at this Denver passing attack now, Dave. Let's assume Julius Thomas is gone. Sure. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Cody Latimer, Emmanuel Sanders. Not in that order. Uh, correct. I mean, what – do any of the values significantly change for any of those three with Thomas's assumed departure? And let's assume Wes Welker's gone as well. Obviously, he was in the news this week, might be retiring. Either way, he's not going to be involved in the Denver passing attack. Well, I mean, I think the Welker news is even more important, probably. The Latimer could be could be starting on the outside. They move Sanders inside of the slot. And I think that Latimer could really become something. He didn't really show much last year. So we really, had the concussion. I remember yeah, that. You really are projecting, though, that he's going to, to really break out. Um, I think, I mean, I, I you got to love Demarius, though. I mean, I, I think that he's going to just have a fantastic year. I mean, he's obviously a stud wide receiver. I think Sanders, too, you have to keep up pretty high. He's going he's to get a lot of catches and a lot of targets. I mean, man, if, assuming Manning comes back, I don't think he's going to be trusting Cody Latimer for 100-plus targets. I think they're all going to be funneled to Demarius and Sanders. Right. If you owned uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Cody Latimer in a dynasty league and you were desperate for running backs – um, what kind of running back would you be looking to uh, acquire if you were to move both those pieces? Two for one? Yeah. Sanders and Latimer. Now, people are not going to pay up for Sanders and Latimer so much because they know Manning's on, on his last legs and they can't truck, trust So would they, trust be, would they be better holds then? I think so. I think, okay. I think so. All right. I kind there's of agree a, with you on that. Advice, well, there, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I just I forgot I had Sanders and Latimer in that league, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I think their value is only. I mean, Latimer's value, especially, is only going to go up as you know. You could trade him in week six if your team is sucking. Trade right. him in week six after he has a big. I'm game. with you. I think they're the value for Latimer is is right now is probably as low as it's going to be right. uh, from now until the start of the season. Uh, the Detroit Lions GM Martin Mayhew and head coach Jim Caldwell have both stopped short of guaranteeing Reggie Bush will be on the team next year, according to the Detroit Free Press. In uh, March, which is next month, Reggie Bush actually celebrates his 30th birthday. I don't know how much celebration is going to be going on there. <laughs> uh, his yard per carry average last year was 3.91. That was the lowest in five years. Obviously, was dinged up all season long. Uh, Dave Burkett, uh, the beat writer for the Detroit Free Press and the Detroit Lions, says chances are good. The Lions add another running back uh, this spring. Joyke Bell, Theo Riddick, obviously the two major cogs in that running game right now. They should be on the roster. Bush is owed $3.25 million this year. I think this is all good necessarily for Theo Riddick, but Joyke Bell. you got to love this if you're a Joyke Bell owner. I think so. I mean, the, the danger – see, this is this is what I like to call the danger zone this whole time period between now and the draft. But Theo Riddick, you know, he's whatever. But Joyke Bell, it's like, oh, the, he could be the future back. He could be this. So it's like – Someone, if you own him in Dynasty, I think I'd be willing to put offers out, you know, put him out there as available for trade. Interesting. Someone may be over, willing to overpay for him. He's old. He's really not like a superstar type. Right. Guy. So really, if you can get some decent value for him, all of a sudden you could trade him. And then, also, you know, first round, second round, all of a sudden, oh, Melvin Gordon to the Detroit Lions. Now what? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. 
this is what happened. That's with the whole Javid Best, Mikel Lachure thing. You remember yeah, exactly. that? Oh, Lachure's great. And then Best gets drafted and Lachure's worth, virtually worthless. No, it was the other way around. Was it? Yeah, it was Best. You remember, you own Best in all those leagues. All right. We were well, watching at Rack's house. And then we were outside and they're on the clock. And, like, and then we came in. And you're like, I swear to God, if the Lions draft Lachure here, I'm going to be so effing pissed. I have the pick is it. It's Mikel Lachure, the right. Detroit Lions. And you're like, gee darn it. Yeah. Anyway. And then, and then Best head fell off. And then best head fell. Um, but I mean, that, that's, a, that's a situation for a lot of teams, actually. I think when you look at these kind of semi dicey running backs who are they're holding on to jobs, like McKinnon's an example, actually. He's supposedly talented. Yeah. Um, you have the Adrian Peterson thing, but let's say Peterson walks and let's say he goes, they caught him because they can't figure out the cap. Right. Well, now McKinnon's value skyrockets for all. Well, then you, you don't know for sure that he's, that they love this guy as a feature back. Right. Same thing with Devonta Freeman. It's like, all of a sudden, Todd Gurley gets drafted. Melvin Gordon gets drafted. That Yahi, Jahi guy gets right. drafted. Tevin Coleman. You never know. It's like, oh, now we have a problem. Yeah. Um, so, it, okay. I just want to get this straight. If somebody owned Joyke Bell in a dynasty league, like <laughs> the Blake Harrington dynasty league, sure. you're saying I should be putting out offers right now to see if I can get somebody to overpay. So by overpay, you're saying I should not sell, you know, 80 cents, 85 cents no, on the I, dollar to get them. Or to, to give them away. You you put them out there as trade rate and say, Joy Bell's going to be starting, you know, Reggie Bush is getting cut. Joy Bell's going to be starting next year. Anyone interested? Right. Yeah, I mean, if you want. Totally sounds like that's like a T-boner move. Yeah. Our old commissioner, yeah, right. or your, yeah. your current commissioner, that I should T-boner say. guy, he used, to be, he used to always, he'd send you a trade offer and he would sell you on the offer. Yeah. And it actually sometimes worked for you. Yeah, it worked on me more than once. Uh, Tim Connolly, great guy if you ever run into him in uh, playing high stakes uh, dynasty fantasy yes, football. Is. He really is. NFL media senior analyst. Here's the uh, spoiler at the top of the show, Dave, uh, that you wanted me to reveal. I'm revealing it now. All right. NFL mean, uh, media senior analyst Gil Brandt uh, tweeted out that Central Florida wide receiver Brashad Perriman is, quote, ascending. You know, I, by the way, th- that's our term. It is our term. We invented it. T-M-H-S-F-F-R. He also added that it would be no surprise if he went round one. That's according to NFL.com. What? Rashad Perriman is six foot two, 209 pounds. Last year, he caught 50 catches for 1,044 yards. That's good for a 21 yard per reception average. Also, tallied nine touchdowns as a junior. He declared for the draft early. Uh, according to Tony Pauline, one of the uh, NFL draft experts, Perriman did not receive a day one or day two grade from the advisory board, the NFL draft advisory board, which made sense at the time uh, amidst a stacked wide receiver class. You look at the receivers in the draft this year. Kevin White from West Virginia, Amari Cooper from Alabama, Devontae Parker from Louisville, and Oklahoma's Doriel Green Beckham, Jalen Strong, Devin Smith. You know who Robbie likes, Jalen Strong. Jalen Strong. You know, and I'll give Rob credit, our producer, a mutual friend, who I forgot to mention at the top of the show. I will give Rob credit that he talked about Jalen Strong throughout the college football season yeah. and uh, had, a, had a pretty good year. No, no, okay, let me interject. Rob, okay. Rob is a great guy. He's a little yes. annoying once in a while. He's like, oh, you know, there's this running back that's that I really think is gonna he's gonna be really awesome. I'm like, oh, who is it? And he's like, oh, Nick Chubb. I'm like, oh, you mean the guy oh, who yeah. ran for like a thousand yards already? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, dude, everyone loves the guy. He's a blue trip, blue chip prospect. He's crushing it. Yeah. Bryce, he, Bryce is nodding his head yeah, right dude, now. Yeah, don't don't tell anyone about this Nick Chubb character because I may never hear about him before before he's draft eligible. Right. All right, rant, well, rant over. And the and the other thing too is um with uh with um these receivers this year because last year we had a historic receiver draft. I mean, yes. it was insane. And, and, and people are saying they've done well. They've yeah. yeah well. And they really did. But 
but people are talking about like all oh, this is it's not nearly as good as it was at last year. Well, when you're com- comparing it to a historic year, obviously it's not going to be as good. But I think this receiver class is still pretty good. This is actually I think this whole draft. Is, I mean, because everyone had been touting the running back class, and then the receivers themselves actually are pretty solid. So once you actually you start kind of doing the numbers, you're like, okay, I got this receiver, this receiver, this receiver, and then all the running backs. You're already into kind of round two, and you have the you know Max Williams is the the tight end prospect that everybody thinks is number one. So you could be looking at you know the two. They think he's the number one tight end in the yeah, draft. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so like the two hundred one, the two hundred two, two hundred three. Those are those are important picks. Those are not crappy picks. Right. Don't just deal those away like right. a, like an idiot. Well, and and uh, I, I I was talking to you uh, about this a couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. But as far as those dynasty picks go, this is like the worst time to be trading. Um, away picks in the rookie draft it's like it's the best time to acquire them so if you're trying to jump in and get some picks in the draft i mean that you should be trying to acquire those right now because you can probably be getting them a much cheaper now than a month from now or two months from now yeah i mean an astute owner will not be trading picks now he would have traded them like if he was trying to go for a championship he would have traded them last year that's really in my opinion truly the best time to get them is the year before but if you're even like if you can trade for 2016 picks now and get them for super cheap, you know, go, right. ahead, go ahead and do it. Which you can do in Blake Harrington Dynasty League. <laughs> you can do that in the FFPC too, right? Yeah. I believe you can. Yeah, this actually has been a good year because we're actually charging people uh, deposit money. We never had done that before. So now I actually look at all the trades that come through. And I'm like, then I have to email Neil. I'm like, ah, you owe us 250 bucks. Ah, nice. It's, they haven't usually been annoyed, but it's actually like a bill club. Uh, I mean, it's the rules. I mean, yeah. what, you can't be annoyed with the rules. Um, so anyway, getting back to the whole Brashad Perriman thing. Um, okay. Have so you seen he, him play much? Yes, I, I actually have. And uh, I'll tell you this. First of all, he is the son of former Lions receiver, Brett Perriman. Yeah, right. Remember him? Herman Moore, Brett Perriman yeah. back in the day, Scott yeah. Mitchell. Um, so Brashad Perriman. Wayne, Wayne I Now, granted, I'm only, I'm not like a, you know, a, a tape grinder uh, by any means, like some other people in the draft community. I'm not even in the draft community. In fact, you know what? I want to make a point to announce that I will never be part of the, I do not want to have any part of the draft community Um, anyway, but I I did watch a game and I can't remember who he played last year, but it was a Thursday night game and um, Perriman caught a hail Mary with like six seconds left um, or two seconds or something like that. And his team ended up winning and it was, it was an insane play, but I'm like, looking at them like, how is that guy does not look like a receiver at all. He looks short and stocky and not very fast. Really? So I was in, in again, awesome. one game, but I, I couldn't believe people were talking about this guy as being like a, a real serious uh, receiver candidate on day, even day two right. of the draft. Now they're talking about day one. I just slow your roll. There's so many, unless he lands in a really, really good situation. Let's say something. Well, I don't want to say Randall Cobb, you know, leaves the Packers and then the, the Packers take him. I, I feel like if Cobb leaves, the Packers are just going to go to battle with Everdaris, Janice, Devontae Adams, and, yeah. you know, let the chips fall where they may. All right, let me interject. Okay. So you just were talking about day one of the NFL draft. Yep. When, when is Jen – this is a little personal question. So yeah. when, when is Jen due? With well, she's – Yeah. She, your daughter. She, yep, my daughter. She's due April 6th, but, I mean, she's going to have it Okay, early. so April so, – yeah. so your daughter, who shan't not be named yet – we can name her. We just don't have a good name. All right. Who has not been? Named? I'm waiting for the listeners to pepper in some good suggestions. They haven't been coming in. Yeah, no, I, I don't. The know. suggestions have. The good ones haven't. <laughs> so April sixth. So then let's assume she gets like you know she's. Let's assume it's right around that time. So the NFL draft is like twenty some days later. So right. does that mean because it's in Chicago or in Wisconsin, we already have a hotel room booked? 
You're not coming? Are no, you coming? I'm coming. Are you coming? For sure. Yeah. You're in? It's, it's going to happen. All right. And she knows that too. I mean. Three days. Well, but you then weren't we going up to Green Bay then after that? We got to, there's the Derby. Yeah. So I mean, it's more than so three days. So it's the NFL draft slash Derby weekend. It, yeah. It's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hey, remind me. I got to book the hotel room for Wednesday. So that's it. All right. Sorry. In Chicago. Yeah. Because okay. supposedly you have to wait out Wednesday to get the free tickets. How long is it? Is it going to be like I, hours? Yeah. I mean, we'll have to get there like pretty early and then, you know, be with all the other idiots wearing jerseys. <laughs> and, and then be like, hey, where are the idiots wearing jerseys? Oh, there they are. And then you just kind of follow them around. And if there's a line, then you get in that line yeah. until security chases us all away. Right. And then you scamper like rats. And then you kind of wait for the next line to form. we got to make sure we get in the ticket buyer's line and not the ticket holder's well, the line. Good, the good thing about having a group is we can all kind of split up into different like little rat lines. Yeah. 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 What do you think of that? I, I, I think this is the strategy that people have been using to get into movies for years, <laughs> especially in big cities. So that's uh, very exciting. Uh, anything, do you know, do you have anything to say about Prashad Perriman? Otherwise you're going to move on here. I don't really, yeah, I've, I've not seen him play yet. I haven't watched a film on him. I've been watching film on the running backs. I'll, I'll tell you this, as far as Perriman goes, I mean, obviously I'm not a fan, but all those guys I listed, White, Cooper, Parker, Green Beckham, Strong, Smith, I would say maybe with the exception of Green Beckham, just because of the character stuff, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I want all those other guys over, right. over Perriman, which might not even be saying much. I think most people would say that. Uh, they would like all those other guys better as well. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about the running backs, Dave, uh, how they finished in 2014. We do this. We did our position review of quarterbacks last week. We're going to move on and talk about running backs this week. And um, as far as the uh, – I mean, running back, it's such a top-heavy position because you get to be the top 15, top 20 running back. It doesn't have the same cachet as it used to be because there's just a lot of dreck down there you know what i mean so let's we're going to so this, this is ppr i'm looking at that's ppr you provided me yeah or i'm sorry that rob provided rob provided us me. you handed it to me but i make sure you have proper credit otherwise rob gets all you know he ends up talking to his Devin Rux cast and he's all mad <laughs> right sorry about that so so dude, turned look, into the rob show so the number 13 running back had 200 ppr points yeah you've got to be sh blankety blank on you know where, you know where this is from huh. blake harrington <laughs> so you know it's legit baby so that's ins- dude, that's insane. Do you want we we don't need to talk the 13 running back was Joyke Bell, so we don't really need to talk about him since we talked about him earlier. But I do want to talk about um the number four, five, and six on this list, how they finished this year. All right. And that's uh Marshawn Lynch, Arian Foster, or excuse me, number three, four, five. Oh, Matt, the, the old boys. Matt, exactly. Matt Forte, Marshawn Lynch, Arian Foster. Which of these three guys are you most likely to draft next year? Is this redraft? Obviously, redraft. Yeah, and I'm assuming. Okay, first of all, you think Forte, Lynch, and Foster are all first round picks? Uh, you know, I would have to say they're you know close. Yeah. To me, they're all first round picks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so which one is more than likely going to end up on your team if one of these three is? Let's just again, assuming Lynch comes back to right. Seattle, everything's the same. Yeah, if he retires, mm-hmm. I'm probably not taking him in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I know. I'm Maybe the second. I get it. That was right. funny. I'm sorry. I'm stupid. <laughs> um. You know, Trestman's gone, so Forte, you have to worry about those passes and if he's still going to, you know, how many he's going to catch. He's such a good pass-catching back. But he was catching passes before Trestman, yeah, he was, too. just not to that level. Right. Um, I would probably still have – I would still probably say Forte is the guy I would take um, just because he has – he's such a good pass-catcher. Whoever you – know, I who do they have running? Is it Gase? Adam Gase is the new yeah. offensive coordinator in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I think he's smart enough to throw the ball to Forte. I mean, it doesn't seem – Denver didn't throw the ball to their backs a whole lot, but they didn't have pass-catching type backs like Forte. So I would still take him first. Um, 
I probably would then go Lynch second because Lynch is just a he really is a monster. He's a beast. And then Foster third. Foster, I, I do can, you know, he, his personality, as weird as it is, Lynch's personality bothers me less than Foster's. Why is that? You're gonna have to explain that one. Foster's a little like flaky. He's a little on the Ricky Williams tip. Little, you know, he's almost too smart. Okay. You know, no offense right. to Lynch. He's almost too smart to play running back. You know what I mean? Like he's well, I think I think Foster has a much more of a wide scope when it comes to looking at the role the NFL plays in his life. Yeah, I think exactly. I think he looks at the NFL as just being part of his life. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, he's more focused on okay, what's what's sort of the long term? Yeah, exactly. You like, know, what's the end game here if I keep playing? Exactly. And- so Foster tweaks his knee. <laughs> I'm I'll be even, back in five weeks, man. I don't care. I'm not even Lynch, worried about the knee so much as the back. Yeah, he has all yeah, those back issues. Exactly. You know? So those things happen. Lynch tweaks his knee. Well, he'll he'll be back. You know, be back next week. Right. And he won't tell you about. You know, right. he doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, he's here, so he won't get fined. <laughs> exactly. Marshawn Lynch is probably number two on my list as well. Uh, behind, I, I I would rank them that way. Forte, Lynch, Foster, right. same as you. Uh, that said. I don't know if I take any of those guys next year. No, I, no I, really. I, th- I, I mean, they're all to me. They're all going to go in the first round. I might find better options. And what would those be? I like Eddie Lacy quite a bit. Okay, so let's assume that Le'Veon Bell. Let's say Murray resigns. Le'Veon Bell, Murray, and Lacy are gone, and so then that leaves you with Charles. Who Charles had? He missed a game. Right. He had a, he had a couple off games. He like fifteen weeks, weeks fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. He had bad games because I think he was dinged up. He was probable, and then he missed some time. Um, so Charles, you know, his stats should have been higher if he had played the full 16 weeks. Right. So Charles is a candidate. You'd probably take Charles over those guys, huh? Um, I would, I would take, I would take Charles over Lynch and I would take him over Foster. I think right now, I think I'd still take Forte over Charles. You know, let's, let's real quick talk about player number nine on your list. Cause I, I, okay. I think we don't give yeah. ourselves enough credit for being a year early on Lamar Miller. Yeah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're early on the ascendant. You know, we're retrospectively praise ourselves, which I mean, you look at Lamar Miller's season. I mean, he, he was pretty successful early on, even when no Sean Moreno was, yeah. was, was playing what, when he was still healthy. Um, and then Miller just, I mean, he, he, he was really frustrating. Well, he was, I mean, he was kind of, I mean, you look at the clunkers he had, um, he hit 1.6 in week 10, 7.7 in week 12, 6.7 in week 15. But other than that, you, you look at sort of the second half of the season, I'll just pick an arbitrary, uh, date and say week eight, uh, 13, 12, and then two, 12, eight, 14, 14, six, 26, 20, uh, 24. So, I mean, like a 1.6 in week 10 is just <laughs> unbelievable. It's and, really bad. That's bad. I mean, and, you know, he was getting started everywhere because he had, you know, 18, 16, 13, 13. So right. it's like, Everyone, you know, he cost teams victories that week. But what else are you going to do? I mean, look at the crap on this list. There is so much awfulness on this running back list. It's It's terrible. So CJ Anderson is the opposite, though, because he came out and he was awesome. So would you take Anderson over those other, those three, those three aging running? Would I take CJ Anderson over Forte, Lynch, and Foster? This is again, assuming that let's assume that Anderson gets a starting job, Manning's, you know, let's give Anderson the rosy situation. Okay, here's what scares me about C.J. Anderson. He demonstrated that he last year, and Denver rode him. I mean, right. they rode him hard uh, last year. But that's when Manning had that torn thigh. You know, I wonder if Manning has that has a healthy leg if they don't lean on the run game as much as they did last year, and that worries me because he was kind of a volume guy. He was, especially with the catches. No, that's a, that's a good point. I guess my to, to play devil's advocate on that a little bit. 
I would say that because they were they were really successful with Anderson, I think that Manning may not be he may they may realize okay, you know, granted new offensive coordinator, right? They may realize hey, we don't need to lean, lean on Peyton Manning as much. We can actually you know as he's you know going off into the sunset, you know, the, the end of his career, we can give we can hand the ball off. We don't have to be right. have all go through Peyton Manning anymore. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. Um, just wrong. That's uh, no, I would, I would honestly, right now I'd probably take Anderson over Foster. I'm just so down on Arian Foster. If Lynch comes back, I'll, you know, I just, and, and you know, the other thing, one of the knocks on Lynch used to be, he doesn't catch passes. He looks so good catching the football in the playoffs and oh, yeah. the he, final week of the season, really the final month of the season. They don't, they don't seem to throw them and, and like the passes he was catching, they were like real routes. I mean, they weren't just like dump offs. They were they were wheels. They were, you know, nines. I mean, they they were real pass routes that he was running and catching the ball, and he looked natural doing it. So I think I would still take Lynch over Anderson. I'd take Forte over Anderson. All right, so. fair enough. I actually don't. I don't disagree. But I'm not, and I'm not just. I'm not saying like I'm taking a running back in the first round either. I mean, there's receivers I like too. I like Antonio Brown. I like Des Bryant. You know, uh, Rob Gronkowski in an FFPC format. Yeah, Gronk. I would take Gronk. I mean, it's just. Where do you think Gronk goes this year? I mean, he'll go number Three. one. He'll go number one overall in yeah, some drafts. I agree with that. Um, how do you? I mean, I agree that he will go number one. We had, um, especially with Bell, if he's going to get suspended for two games. Right. We had um, Brandon McLean on the show last week, and he said even if Le'Veon Bell got suspended two games, which it sounds like that's what he's going to do, he would still take Bell number one overall, even missing those two games. And now, if you look at the averages, Dave, um, which I have here on this sheet, Bell averaged twenty three point two points a game. Demarco Murray. 22.6, which we don't know if he's going to be back in Dallas. I would say he probably isn't at this point. And then Forte at 21.9. But you then don't think it, he is? I don't think that they're going to be able to sign both of them. I think they will. I think, I think Murray gets resigned. Okay. I might be one of the best. Now, here's the conspiracy theory that I've heard on this. What? That he's back? No, I don't feel that strongly. I got five out of No, I don't feel that you don't, strongly. You don't feel better than 50 50? You know, if you have a 50, hold on, hold on. Let me if you feel it. like you have a 52% chance yeah, yeah, yeah. of winning, you should. You're die. right. There's okay. No, there's All no, right. There's yeah. no juice on this. You're, you know what? No you, juice. You just T-boned me. <laughs> I, you totally convinced me. So I'm going to do it. I'll say I got five on DeMarco Murray signing with any team other than the Cowboys this year. All right. I'll take uh, that Murray signs with the boys. I got five I'm assuming you have five on it, correct? Oh, yeah. Five. Okay. So, okay, so here's the conspiracy theory that we've heard all along. The Cowboys are this awful organization. They wrote him 497 touches all season just to devalue when he gets to free agency because they were all about winning this year. Okay, now here's the counter one that I've heard. All right. The Cowboys did that, yep. so he would be so unattractive to anybody else that they would uh, actually be able to sign him at a discount, get Dez and DeMarco back, and go to battle again for another year. That sounds like a theory from the movie Draft Day. You, really, you don't think that that's uh that's <laughs> that the, sounds I mean, like something they would say to the to, to okay Ka- well, to Kosser, but we, to the to the Jaguars GM right? Oh, I gotta make a pick here. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like to me, it makes almost too much sense not to be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure there was a conversation that Jason Garrett Jerry Jones had at some point last season, and they said, "What about Demarco's workload? Are we going to keep pounding the rock to him this whole time?" And then you know they probably talked about it, and they're just like, "Well, you and know." Jerry Jones was like, "Oh, rock! Um, all the scotch on the rocks." Yeah, that's funny. But then they decided, like, "Okay, we're going to keep doing this to try to win this year." And even if we don't, he'll have all this mileage on him, and he already had the previous injury history. Maybe we're able to sign him because he's familiar 
with our offense. He's familiar with the city. He would. He obviously loves running behind this awesome offensive line, and we get him and Des back, and we go to battle and try to win it all in 2015 once again. Is Des unrestricted? Yeah. And is Murray? I believe he is. They could franchise one of them, but that's it. Right? Yeah, and I think you would franchise Des. Yeah, I definitely. I would. So I mean, interesting. You, you don't want to pay a running back. You just be, that'd be funny if they, both, if they both left. Hey, and the, number the, one wide receiver, I'll, I'll, I'll Terrence you, Williams. I got five hundred on that. <laughs> that that starting at running back, Joseph Randall. The only well, and he, we don't know who's if he's other, who's the other guy. Uh, Lance Dunbar. Yeah, he's better. Than we him. don't even know if um, if uh, Joseph Randall is going to be back because he had that um, the shoplifting. No, it was he, he, it was, was a he touching himself in women's. No, no, he had no, he did it. He um I, he I got he got caught with marijuana, and I don't know if it was a domestic thing, but one of the more serious charge got dropped. Um, and I think it was the domestic thing, so he still has the drug charges, but it's marijuana. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean the Dallas backfield, we don't know the Dallas offense in general is is kind of in flux right now. You know the good thing about that. And I'll, First of all, you have your quarterback, you have Romo. Right. His back seems like it's okay. Yeah. And you have the offensive line. Really, those are truly, you know, Belichick would be like, oh, we're fine. We don't, right. whatever. I don't care. Right. My offensive line's great. I got, I got Brady. Yeah. It's kind of the same way. They're, they're really properly set up. Right. I mean, they really are. And I think part of the reason that we don't hear from about Romo's back is because DeMarco Murray put the team on his back last year yeah. so much. And uh, the pressure was really taken off, uh, off of Romo. Uh, so he wasn't asked to do as much. Uh, the previous few years. Okay, I want to talk about number nine. No, not number nine on this list. Number 12 on this list. And this is a guy I feel like I'm going to be getting in a lot of drafts next year. You might be. LaShawn McCoy, Dave. Only averaged 12.8 fantasy points a game this past year. He finished as a number one running back, technically. Um, did not miss a game this year, but he had a lot of clunkers. 2.2, 1.7, 8.7, 5. 7.5. Dude, what the hell happened in weeks well, three and four and in weeks 14 and 15? I think you look at First of all, I don't know how many touchdowns McCoy had last year, but it was hardly any at all. And I feel like everybody is going to be so down on McCoy uh, coming into this year that his value is going to be depressed. It's not like his touches were down. He was still touching the ball. He didn't look terrible out there. What happened? He's, he's not an old guy. I don't know. I think it was just the lack of touchdowns that really drove his value down. So what? I'd have to look it up. Rob, where, do you, do you know offhand? How many touchdowns McCoy had last year? Bryce is looking up. He says, "Okay." So, uh, interesting. So, where, where do you think? What's his ADP? Do you think going to be come uh, come draft day? Come come in event draft late first, like one ten to one twelve. I think it might be later. Really, second round, mid second. So last year, Dave, he had three hundred twelve uh, carries for thirteen hundred yards, only five touchdowns how last year. He didn't have many catches because uh, Sproles screwed. He had. Uh, Remember when Sproles had that thirty-five point game? Oh, that was insane. Yeah. He only had 28 catches last year. Now, if you look at this, I'm going to read his catches in his career as an the Eagle. Coaches screw him. He had 40 his rookie year, doubled it to 78 in 2010, back down to 48 in uh, 2011, and then 54, 52, 28, a career worse last year. That's an, it's, it's just really unusual. It's I mean, very I unusual, and I don't think that that is going to be duplicated. I, I don't think that a guy like him all of a sudden drops down to 28 catches, and that's who he is now. You, he's you, not. You should, you should trade for him. And speaking of dynasty, you should trade for him. And he's not an old guy. No, he's twenty six. Okay, yeah, I th that sounds right. Do you have him? Who owns him? I do. You own him. Yeah. We're gonna have to talk McCoy seriously. I might. I, I don't know. Maybe he's my one of my. Well, let's just talk about it. I'm not. Right, for, I'm not goading you into a trade fine. like you do fine. with me. 
Um, hey, you offered me two, I hope. Nah, that was a dumb man. I, I mean, it's just so it was so ridiculous. I never should have made that trade. And then it became to the point where, like, no, I verbally agreed to it. I need to stand behind it. Yeah, and if then, you wanted to come get off it the next day, I would have said it was fine. I don't like doing that either. I no. just, you know, when it's a gentleman's agreement, I, I feel like we're going on a slippery slope if we did it. So anyway, I really like Shady McCoy uh, for next year. Andre Ellington, let's talk about him next, Dave. He finishes the number 19 running back overall, not average, number 19 running back, despite not playing weeks 14, 15, 16, and 17. That's pretty good. Uh, when he was in there, he averaged 15.1 uh, fantasy points a game. Kind of a steady Eddie guy if you look at his production. 13, 11, 10, 30, 15, 22, 17, 23, 15, 10, 11. Yeah, uh, and, and then and he a, had the one game where he got hurt in the game. And on a points per game basis, he was running back nine. Which, I mean, that's that's extremely good. And if he comes back next year and they don't bring in – I mean, I'm sure they're going to bring in somebody because he just he can't take the pounding that that he did for two years in a row. Um, but if it's not like a huge like a Melvin Gordon Gurley type guy, um, or yeah, 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 or you know, if it's if it's not one of those guys, I feel like Ellington is another guy. I uh, I would um, I might consider Ellington over uh, Arian Foster next year, and I don't think that's stupid. Um, you know, it's possible. The problem with Ellington is the whole touchdowns thing. It's like, what's their, you know, if, if Palmer, Palmer's back, they're paying right. the money. They read they re-upped him. So I guess he's going to have to, their offense is probably better than Houston's lunch thing. So I, I guess that makes some sense. They're going to score more touchdowns. And again, that is a big caveat because they really could bring in a running back. They probably should bring in a running back. Right. Um, because their backups were so terrible. Would you be trying to acquire him in dynasty right now? Ellington? Uh, I probably wouldn't. And I, I not that I, if I owned him, I wouldn't be mad that I owned him. But I mean, he's a guy whose value could really drop off because right. there's that. It's again, it's like you know, Dave's danger zone here. Where Dave's <laughs> danger zone, you like that? Thing yeah, I do. Like we should. We, that's a new segment. <laughs> he's in the danger zone where, he, like, that running back. His, you know, like there's not a lot of guy like Le'Veon Bell. No danger zone. I mean, right. everyone knows we're not drafting running back. That's that job is locked up. You got to right. lock it up, like Roman Rose is yeah, Exactly. So. But Ellington, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that his job is locked up. Look at the look at the value of know, Zach Stacy last year. Right. Okay, that's a good point. You know, but Zach I mean, Stacy went from totally chic to totally geek. Okay, but Stacy was a like, fifth round yeah. Player. I mean, just a total. I mean, but he was super. He was just powered. a guy. The draft community was all over. Like Stacy was the highest dynasty drafted fifth round pick ever. Like everybody was. He was getting yeah, picked that up was turn true. that year. Yeah, um, I feel like uh, it was how, how great they were. Oh, I got Stacy. Oh, I'm awesome. It's yeah. like, well, how about not? Yeah, you, know, you not so tried, much. Well, let's talk. As long as we're talking Rams, let's move on and talk about Trey Mason, Dave, because he sort of carried the mail for the the uh, St. Louis Rams the second half of the season. Kind of came up short, um, you know, when it mattered in the playoffs. Uh, but he did have games of uh 37 15 14 a couple of 12 point games he had one good game we had one great game he had one great game and uh, like three what are we, three or four average games and then the rest sucked so if you own trey mason you're probably trying to deal him right now i don't own in him dynasty any, i don't own him anywhere but i probably would be considering it yeah he's in a tough division too that division is rough because you have those four games against uh san fran and uh seattle not to mention um Arizona, yeah, right. It has yeah. a good defense yeah, too, and a good run defense. You know, so it's like there's six tough games right there. Yeah, that that, and he's not a um, a big, strong. I'll take the pounding, you know, yeah. type guy. Not a pass catcher. He did not catch a lot of passes last year. The Rams will probably just keep drafting defense because that's all they do. That is all they do. And Brad uh, Farrell got hurt in week three. 
So that's if he's you. even on the team. <laughs> I mean, honest, quite frankly, I don't even know if he's going to make it. Uh, um, good old Bradford. Yeah, exactly. He's been sitting on my IRs for a couple of weeks for a while now. I mean, t- t- do, I do you wanting, even take him off when the season wanting, starts? I keep wanting to just cut him. Yeah. I, I, want, I was going to just cut him out of spite the other day, and I'm like, oh, I guess I was. Well, like you were him. cutting players in, in Carrington. I didn't understand where you were cutting them because you can balloon up the roster as big as you want it. Who did I cut? It was a defense and somebody else. I don't what, know. What the hell am I going to keep the Giants defense for? Well, who, what if they trade for J.J. Watt tomorrow? What if Watt tweets out all this anti-Houston stuff and the Texans are like, we, we got to get rid of this guy. And the Giants are like, we can't get enough of awesome defensive linemen. We'll give you whatever you want. Watt's a giant and now you're screwed. Well, you know what? When you put it, put it that way, you're right. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's just, to me, it is not good to be cu- cutting you, players when you can keep yeah, as many as you it's, want. It's easier to look at the roster when there's a couple less guys. I, you know, whatever, man. I can, I can make that's, my evaluations better. That's your prerogative. <laughs> um, we talked about uh, Jarek McKinnon a little bit at the top of the show with uh, the whole Adrian Peterson stuff. First of all, uh, neither one of us like Matt Asiata next year, right? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all over him. All right. Well, okay. All right. So Asiata, yeah, he's... So McKinnon, okay, is an interesting guy. If he, let's say Peterson leaves, he signs with somebody else. The Vikings, quote unquote, couldn't afford him or whatever. McKinnon's the guy. They don't really bring in anybody else. They bring in somebody, you know, like a six round Dree Archer type guy. Okay. Right. And Asiata comes back. Let's just say he's there. Okay. So that might muddle this a little Peterson's bit. Peterson's gone. Asiata's still hanging out. So it's McKinnon, Asiata, and some other guy. Yeah. Okay. Where does Jarek McKinnon go in FFPC main event drafts? Is he a third round pick? I think he's in that neighborhood. He's one of those high upside guys. Yeah. He showed some flashes. And I think that people are going to realize that those three touchdown games from Asiata were fluky. But although he's probably, if, if they're both back, if they run the same kind of goofy setup. <laughs> right. You know, same then, offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, everybody's back. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> it's like Batman. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, but I think that people will look at the potential upside, see a possible geo geo breakout type year. McKinnon goes pretty high. Well, the other thing with McKinnon too is I feel like if he is bandied about in that that sort of third round is where like we always sort of derive our dis- ascendance from. Yeah, it gets dicey. And I feel like McKinnon could be the type of guy that that people are gonna. And you know what? I won't be on him at that point. Uh-huh. I just not a great offense. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen yeah. with that next year. So I'll, I'll stay away. What about Latavius Murray? Another sort of up and coming running back. Uh, in Oakland, it sounds like they they really want to make sure he, you know, did, did, Jack Del Rio is, is stopping short of anointing him. Did you hear the quote about MJD with Del Rio? Uh, yeah, I saw there's something about it. I don't yeah, remember the quote. Roll and he's like, "Well, you know, we we got to do. We're just going to see if he's got anything left in the tank or whatever." It's like, dude, you are an idiot. Did you not watch 2014 <laughs> Raiders football? Oh my god! I mean, put the black leather jacket back on. He's like such a moron. Yeah, that that's that, if you're taking. I can't believe this guy has a job. If you're taking away, and he just got it. If you're taking away touches from Latavius Murray to give them to MJD on a team that's trying to develop, yeah. that's trying to ascend to become a playoff contender. What the hell are you doing? I know, you know, and and I don't know if if some of that is I'm a new head coach, um, but I know my leash is short, so I want to make sure I'm playing guys that can help me keep my job. Which you know, I'm it sure that not MJD. Well, I mean, he, but he's, but he comes from the the John Fox school of I hate rookies and young guys. I'm going to play all these right. veterans till they, you know, yeah. literally break in half on the field. You know, Murray's not even that young anymore. He's this is me his third year in the NFL. Right, I mean, he, he was injured probably you know his rookie year. And last year he got dinged up too, but 
It's like the guy's been around. It's like either he's good or he's not. Play him and see what happens. I mean, he looks fantastic in limited duty. Yeah, I mean, till he got that. Remember, he had that really good game going on Thursday Night Football, and oh, then yeah. he took that nasty shot to the head. He could have like a 40-point game. I he could have, He was yeah. going crazy. Murray next year, where does he go? I think he goes you know, fourth, fifth type range because people always discount Oakland guys because they're from Oakland. Right. Um, and I will apply that logic to Latavius Murray in the fourth or fifth oh, round next did, year. Did I not say wisely? I meant wisely. Uh, ah, <laughs> there it is. Um, so okay, so you will not take him there next year. I might. I mean, he's going to be pri- he's going to be priced out of. Uh, no, he's not going to be priced out. I might take him. Okay. Maybe he. Yeah, maybe he's good. Although Derek Carr did not look that great. And they're installing the no huddle for him this year too. Oh, I'm sure that'll work well. But I mean, not, you know, I don't want to keep bringing this up every other week is what it seems like on the show. But touchdowns, yeah, the whole Baker boy thing. Yeah, it's they're not in a good offense. What? Look, but I mean, look, for a fifth. Okay. okay, look at these stats here, Bulky. Right. So you get the number. Okay, let's say I take him in the like the four twelve. Right. Let's just right. say that's where I take him. Right. Um, the number fourteen running back had one hundred ninety six fantasy points. They don't need. He doesn't need to score a lot of touchdowns. He could score five like Shady McCoy did, and have just as many rushing yards, and he'd be fine. I guess. I'd be happy about that. You know, I'm just looking at the the He's running back list. Four upside necessarily for me to take him in the fifth round. You have to go down to 14th uh, on this list to find a running back that played on a bad offense last year, and that was because Asiata just had a nose for the end zone. And then I think you have to go down to 16 after that. Right, Fred Jackson, and he caught all those passes. Yeah, you're right. You have a lot of good playoff type caliber teams in there. You're right. I guess I I I, I don't know. I mean, that's you know what interesting. You know, I might be changing my, I might be changing my tune here because if you take Latavius Murray in the fourth or fifth round and you're telling me he could be a running back too, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. I mean, you're not getting the RB one upside. Maybe you are because he's a young guy that showed flashes last year. So maybe you do have that low end RB one upside if you take Murray there. I don't know. I might be talking myself into Latavius Murray. So what about okay? Speaking of teams that are on the cusp of the playoffs and actually wouldn't made it. What about RB24? Jonathan Stewart, the guy that will yeah. never break out, that finally broke out. D'Angelo Williams finally broke down again. So Stewart might actually have the job. They got a young quarterback, Cam Newton. Yep. They have a young ascending wide receiver. They have Greg Olson, steady Eddie at tight end. I'm kind of liking Stewart. I feel like I'm you here. Well, We're reversing roles. Well, no, but what uh, do you think about Stewart, yeah, Dave? This the Stewart thing. I feel like in Kentucky, literally, and I'm not exaggerating, literally every single year in Kentucky, I've gotten Jonathan Stewart <laughs> at late. I mean, like 20th round one year. Wow. I think it was not last year, the year before. I took him in the 20th round and he actually had a few good games. But I mean, it all depends on where you can get him. I'm not gonna, I I, I will not take him in a single digit round. I, I, and if I don't get him, oh well, that's I'm totally fine with that. You're not taking him in the ninth round. No, I wouldn't take him in the ninth round. Come on. No, not come on. I won't take Jonathan Stewart with a ninth round pick. That is just not. That's the, not even early. It's not he, the formula to he's success. A starting running back. He's not going in the ninth. He's going in the sixth. I've played this whole starting running back game seven. before. Where, Six or seven players. Do you think that's where he goes? Sixth. Sixth so. round. Okay. Yeah. But I played this whole starting running back game before, like, oh, I got the starter there. Well, you know what? If the <laughs> team sucks and he's not a very good player, it probably wasn't a good pick, you know, whether he's a starter or not. You know, we won that hundred grand in two thousand eight. That's what I was thinking when I drafted D'Angelo in the seventh round. Okay, yeah. Now and it's, he scored twenty touchdowns. And I will say this: it's totally different when you play the whole starting running back game when you're playing on the waiver wire during the season. Right. Then I'm totally all about <laughs> like, oh. 
600 bucks, 700 bucks, oh, whatever, Justin man. Forsett, he's going to start maybe? No, that was I'll the take him. biggest mistake I, that, that I did not get him in, in more leagues last year. I got him in a bunch year. of leagues. I, was happy. I got him in a few. It just was not enough. It's sort of like when you're playing daily and you're like, oh, you know, 28 points, 18 rebounds, four blocks. That's awesome. I knew I should have picked him up every, you know, like, yeah. like played him everywhere. And you only play him in like three different leagues and That's, it just sucks. Yeah. Oh, NBA, right? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where I almost would have rather not played him at all yeah, yeah. than had like a taste yeah. on, on some of these teams. Yeah. So terrible. At least I'll make my money back on these two teams and like lose the other eight. Because right. This guy blew up. Yeah. Which, I mean, eh, whatever. Um, but speaking of Justin Forsett, we've talked about him on the show. I feel like within the last month, he finished ninth among running backs. He wants the team to take a commitment or give him a commitment. He wants to be in the same place in the next couple of years. I got to tell you, I think Baltimore looks really good. You know, I, this is an interesting situation with, with Forsett. I, I, I honestly think that if they can come to agreement on terms, I think they should do it. I mean, normally I would never say that about someone at his age with a super late breakout. But, I mean, he's good. Every time he had played well, you know, he played in limited action in prior parts of his career, he looked good. I think he's just a person that was never prop. You know, he just wasn't discovered, you know, kind of like this gem is now getting a late career discovery. Right. I think if Baltimore locks him up for a fairly cap-friendly contract for two to three years, he should be started. Right. That said, and Ozzie Newsom is a smart guy, so I'll give him credit that maybe he'll do that. Um, he's still in that little danger, danger zone territory where they, they could draft a back. If they draft a back, he's worthless. Right. Um, if you can get something for him, you, you trade him away. So I think um, he's a tough one. He's, it's tough really to, to, to talk about four sets until you have some clarity. Yeah. I uh, and it's interesting because I mean, what are we saying if you own Justin Forsett and Dynasty? Well, we're not really saying anything. Yeah, you we're know? saying, well, you own them. Listen again next week. We <laughs> might give you an answer. Yeah, then. I mean, like I don't know. I mean, I can't really. I mean, if you get a really nice offer, trade him. I traded him last year to uh, Mike Santos. Uh, him, he, see Brady. You know, some just some crap, right? For, and for some uh, Chris and Michael and a first round pick, right? And I'm actually still okay with the trade, even though Forsett might be. But if they sign Forsett for three years, it's like, well, that might have been a mistake. But I'm right. I I feel like you know he's going to turn 30. Nobody's going to be breaking the bank to pay him. Mm-hmm. Baltimore knows what they have in him. Mm-hmm. He had a great year this past year. I can't see the running back core in Baltimore changing all that much unless they draft someone. Unless they draft someone, they have, which they very well could. And they do have Talia Farrow, which is a big. He's a goal line big back, right? Who got dinged up. Got injured last year and right. wasn't really available. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't. There's first of all, there's no way he finishes top ten next year. I don't think Forsett finishes top. Unlikely, right? You know, because people do fall out of the top ten. Right. So I am not, uh, and I feel like if that's the case, pe- people are going to look at he finished ninth last year. Nobody's talking about it. what's changed in Baltimore. Nothing. Give me Forsett. You know, and I just that that's a situation I'm going to stay away from. I feel like there's no running backs I'm going to draft next year. You might not have any. I'm just I've crapped on every single one we've talked about tonight, except for Shady McCoy, baby. I really will get McCoy on every single team next year. It sounds like it. Dave, let's drop all the way down as we round up our running back talk here. What number did he even finish? 34 and 38 are both interesting. Uh okay, let's touch on them because my guys way below. 33 and 38. So Kroll and Denard Robinson. Yeah. Why are they interesting? Kroll, by the way, no hundred year games last year. No, that is. I, I was taking a Sporkle quiz tonight. Sporkle? Yeah. What the hell is that? You never heard of Sporkle? Oh my God. Well, hey, you, know you know what? You never saw the movie Heat. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, what the hell? Touche. Hey, listeners, what's weirder, right? <laughs> you ever saw a movie with Al Pacino and De Niro? Right. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. I haven't heard of Sporkle. This point, guy's like, 
I can't believe Dave Lerner is Borkel. <laughs> I mean, maybe our listeners Heat, might think it's weird. Heat was an overrated movie. I wish I wish I could unsee Heat. I've I've heard of Quizlet. That's my kid. My kid does that. Sporkle's just like this online trivia website. It's, Is it like Luminosity? Well, yeah. Here, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to bring it up because so it's, it's an online sports trivia site. It's not even sports. You can do whatever category. Geography. It's sort of like Jeopardy. It's like geography, music. Uh, here's the categories right here. Um, television, just for fun, miscellaneous history, literature, blah, blah, blah. And it's just these quizzes. They, they're timed and you take them and then it tells you how well you ranked and it's a lot of fun. You know what? I'll write it down, Bonky. It's a lot of fun. So I was taking a Sporkle quiz of name all the players that rushed for a 100-yard game last year and I typed in Kroll. Didn't come up. <laughs> so. so anyway, you want to talk about Kroll? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he had some a couple of good games, a couple of bad games. What do we, what do you think is going to happen with him this year? I mean, is he going to be the annoyed of the starter? I am I mean, uh, the most def- dysfunctional organization right. in all of not professional football, professional sports. sports. You know, a lot of people said the Redskins were that last year, so they're right. going to have to duke it out. Um, they can keep their racist name right. but, and still be more functional than the Browns. I'm, I, it's irrelevant to me with Kroll because I'm not drafting any Browns. I am anti-Browns this year. No I just problem. no, not Terrence West, not that's Cole. A good, that's a good idea. I mean, nobody. Are you gonna do that this year, where you just cross teams off? No, I won't. I won't take it to that extreme. I like doing that on occasion. I, I think I'm gonna do that this year. If Cecil Shorts signs of the Browns and he's available in round 18, I'd take him. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Andrew Hawkins, I might take him next year. Yes, Hawkins. So you know, Andrew Hawkins. All right. Yeah, I mean, because they had a horrible quarterback play this past year, and when he was in, I mean, the first two months of the season, he was crushing it. From a even PPR Brian, standpoint, even Brian Hoyer is like, eh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not coming back. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, Patriots, you need a third stringer. I'll carry the clipboard guy's clipboard. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I can hear the conversation of Brian Hoyer on the phone. Yeah. Uh, with the GM. Uh, yeah, Brian, we really want to have you back. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on the third green right here. And this sounds, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Nobody's hitting me. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I might just play golf this year. So, did you believe that the who was it that had a thirty-eight point PowerPoint of why he should be released from his job from the Browns? Have you heard that? No, I, it was, I think it was the offensive coordinator. Who was it? Oh, he, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, because he, he he's out, gone. Yeah, he laid out a thirty-eight point PowerPoint presentation of why he should be released from his contract because and they of the dysfunctionality him. with yeah. the job. And they let him you know what? Him. I did hear about that. I didn't realize that it was a thirty-eight point, uh, you know, presentation. It's pretty but, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hey guys, let's have a meeting. Denard Robinson, <laughs> speak your piece about him. You know, I, I kind of liked Denard. I mean, he had some really bad games. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I mean, they just weren't using. You know me. what? We got to start racking some of these quotes. And- <laughs> like him. I mean, he had some really bad games. Really bad games. But, I mean, he had that that streak of four really good games. And if the team does commit to him, he's obviously also a danger zone guy. But I mean, he's a guy that if they don't draft a running back super high, I'm assuming Gerhardt's gone or out or whatever, or, yeah. or just hanging out. Um, he could be good. He's gonna he, be. He I mean, be he super could. Cheap. You know, he should be undervalued. Be I'll give you that. That's that's the type. That's the. If you want to talk about drafting a starter, that's the type of starter you draft. And the Jaguars on the upswing. Right. Exactly. Blake Bortles, baby. Woo! Bortles for president. Allen Robinson, Marquis Lee. That's gonna do it for our show this week. My apologies. We had some technical difficulties. Could not get Corey Parson on. I'm gonna connect with him and see if we can hook up. Uh, hook him up for February 27th. Uh, to be determined on that. We'll, we'll figure that out and keep you posted. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Bose, Papa John's, FedEx, the FFPC, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce, and most importantly, all of you listeners. 
Uh, next week, Jason Kahn for Black History Month that rolls on. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Freedom of death, we got the-